to Let's Talk Gardening, and we're going to soak up some sun this weekend for sure. Gorgeous day yesterday, a little cool in the evening, but not bad, not bad. Today's supposed to be quite a nice day, so let's get out and enjoy, do a little gardening. This morning, I have the one, the only, Cass Smythe, the guru, <laughs> is here with me. Good morning, Merle. Good morning, how are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. Tell me all the stories. You guys had a, a good event last night at the old Green Gate. Yes, we Our sure neighbors. did. The members came out in force. The Hort members. Yes. Nice. And nice. the bar was open. That's always good. Get them, <laughs> get them drunk so they spend more. Well, the I wine gotta, was very I, nice. <laughs> the Peggy's smarter than me. I got to do that maybe. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got me there, Peggy. So anyway, yeah. so uh, that's good. That's always a good event. And then that's been going on for a long time. Yes, for a long time. With the time. partnership with, yes. uh, with Greengate and... Uh, and the Calgary Hort Society. So that's nice that uh, that still carries on. So what are you what are you seeing out right now in the garden? Good, bad, and indifferent. I'm seeing a lot of beautiful flowers. Gosh, you know this last little bit of warmth and then a little bit more rain has seemed to brought them out. I see some great pictures on the on the computer. Absolutely. Of, but I I was actually admiring my roses. I deadheaded them about three weeks ago just because and my William Baffin has got this morning I sort of backed out of the driveway and was looking at it and it's easily got a hundred new blossoms and I'm not exaggerating because it's up over the arbor and that's nine feet I, I agree lots of nice blooms and but people gotta remember right now is it, deadheading is very important with all your roses Completely. if you have your Mordens yeah. and all your other shrub roses they've spit out all those beautiful July blooms. That's right. And all, so you got to get out, do some deadheading, and then you're going to get a whole nother flush. And, and especially going into fall, I find the colors even crisper. Well, it is, and it's brighter and warmer. My Morden blush has more of a pink tone to it this yeah. month. Those are one of my favorite. Love those. That's right. And my geraniums are back in full force. Yeah, you got to just deadhead, and, and don't forget to fertilize. And uh, John... Um, just sent us a picture of his gorgeous snapdragons. It just says, good morning, Merle. Loving your green it up fertilizer. He sent a picture of his lawn. And do you think to keep my snapdragons boom, should I use the plant pro, which they don't make anymore? You have to get the green it up 20-20-20 or the 15-30-15. Uh, absolutely, John, you can definitely use that. Or if you still have some of the plant pro 20-20-20, absolutely. That's that's a great fertilizer. It's yes. just a good, well-balanced. And that's why I brought it back and made it into our Green It Up because uh, they end up switching it to some other formula, which I really love the 2020-20. Well, I'm a big fan, but I was... It's been proven. Yeah, it has, and it's been always tried out and used. Did you see the picture of that tomato with the beautiful... Yeah. Tomatoes, and they're saying that there's green, and they're they're not turning red. But what I would do is take some of the bottom growth out and thin it out a bit. Yeah, lots of foliage on there. A lot of foliage. You want to thin out the foliage. Now's the time to put your energy into getting the sugar into the plant. Yeah, and and the thing is, when you're when you're doing that, it's just. When you have full tomatoes like that and the big ones, make sure you are using a calcium supplement so you don't get the blossom end rot. That's right. And a lot of the tomato foods have that. I know the Evolve and a couple of the other ones. And then we have the pure calcium supplement that you can add to your tomatoes. You don't don't need to worry about it on the cherry tomatoes, the smaller ones. But when you get to those bigger ones... Um, you absolutely need to uh, make sure you absolutely. have some calcium supplement. But and that's not giving take, it milk. It's uh, yeah. it's real calcium. Yeah, I was just going to say, don't <laughs> give it milk. But take some of the branching off and yeah. clean it out a bit. Give it absolutely. a chance to get more warmth to it. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and uh, John, your uh, snapdragons are looking gorgeous. And your lawn looks pretty good as well. Mm -hmm. So, And 
And could you please discuss how to identify and treat and prevent cinch bugs in the lawn? Cinch bugs are, it's a tough one. It's sort of they get in and they almost chew right just above the thatch and they start chewing the roots, just above the roots of your grass. And you just sort of get a brown patch all the way through. Yeah, and you sort of, if you ran your foot through it or ran your hand through it, you would see that it's snapped off. It's like there's no growth there and it's all of a sudden it just disappears into the soil. And we've had good luck treating it with uh, Pure Spray Green. Um, it's usually a treatment in the morning, like right now is a perfect morning. Get out there, you just spray it, give it a good soil drench with Pure Spray Green. Like get a hose end sprayer, put your pure, your concentrate Pure Spray Green into the sprayer, and then you just spray that section of it. Um, I would even give it a really good raking first, actually, and then then spray it with the Pure Spray Green. Do it once and then do it again in five days, and then one more time in five days. And if you're using our Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer, the 16326, you're going to see a really fast recovery because you're going to build the roots. Um, and as I've stated before, it's um, the, the box store brands, there's nothing in the middle for it. There's, it's 3204, nothing for the roots, and it makes a big, big difference on the recovery. You're using way less water because you actually have nice deep roots. And Kentucky bluegrass is naturally quite invasive. So if you get a healthy Kentucky bluegrass, I would put that up against almost any weed because it can <laughs> it, it'll choke them out. Like they're pretty yeah. strong. Like it's yeah, a, and they're it's, a traveler. They they'll just grab on and take off. But it's right now at this time of year, it's building that root system. Awesome. Get a good strong root system going. All right, and then uh, John sent us in another picture. <laughs> oh, did he? Thanks, Merle. <laughs> After years of no roses, check out my sexy, sexy rose bush. <laughs> Looking good. Look at yeah. that thing. That's a, that looks like a Morden blush or Morden Centennial Ruby. One of those ones. I'm not sure it's a ruby. It's not quite. I, it's not ruby, and I. It's not is, quite Centennial. No. Look. Is it a blush? It is too pink. It's way too pink. Blush literally yes. blushes pink across. Yeah. I'm trying to think of that, but it is a Morden because of the shape. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Huh, I just got locked out of my... Uh, oh, did you get locked out? Yeah, out of my oh. uh, text there, I, something clicked out, so I have to try and get back in here. Refresh. Refresh and, <laughs> and let me back in. Anyways, um, and if you'd like to join us, the phone lines are wide open. Mm-hmm. You can call us at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And that is the talk and text line so if you have any pictures you want to text you can do that as well um and then you also mentioned kath you guys had the open gardens yes and how did that go well it was great there were some really interesting gardens open but what i was thrilled with was the vegetable garden at john at uh, jason de petro's yard and he had some tomatoes i think they were eight feet but he had them up against his garage which is a sun trap yeah but he had the tomatoes were huge huge Mind you, he also thought I was trying to steal his squash because <laughs> I was standing in the front looking at the squash, and he said, I know how many are there. <laughs> but he had some butternut squash, and he had some melons that were just incredibly gorgeous, and he has them propped up and on branches going over to his his deck so that they were up above them circulating the air. And we went and saw Joey Stewart's yard, which is just an artistic masterpiece. And her house and the background of the garden, incredible. And the sunflowers, oh my gosh, the sunflowers were incredible as well. Isn't 
I love sunflowers I this do time too. of year. They're so cheerful, cheerful, and this whole backyard was just filled with sunflowers. Starting to see lots of them out, which is nice yes. to see. Yes. Um, and which is which is really nice. So hopefully that continues on and we can see lots of things going on. And we got a little bit of time. We'll take a couple calls here before the break. And let's go to Jenny. Good morning, Jenny. Hello. How are you today? Good. I have an apple tree. And last year I took about 300 pounds of apples. I picked them up off the ground. Yeah. They had fallen. And, and I took them to the dump because I know they were 300 pounds. They had to weigh the truck and everything. <laughs> So now our tree is even more plentiful, and I've got all these apples, and I'm wondering, can I just leave them on the ground to rot? No, and- uh, uh-uh. it, it, not really. What kind of apples are there? Are they the little crab apples, like the doggo crab? Uh, no. No, they're good apples. They're good apples. Like, we make, we make applesauce and apple crisps, and okay. they're not... What, I don't know what kind are they of... Are they, like, a smaller apple? Like, how big are they? Like, smaller than, uh, like... Fist, you close your hand. They're like your fist. They wouldn't okay, be any so bigger. they're they're good size. Um, yeah. I, there's also some. Uh, there used to be a harvest company that would call uh, yeah, calorie I harvest. Was, I'm I, not sure if they're still doing that. I was trying to think of the name of it. Um, it used to be called Calorie Harvest. There was a website where you could go in and uh, and they would uh, pick it up for you and they'd give it to like food bank or share with other people. Yeah. Um, but I don't sure if that's still going. And I d- read on a on a thing on it was on Facebook or Twitter or one of those ones um, where they were they were you'd put them on your fence post or hang them off the fence and then people would just grab them. Okay. So I'm not sure. I, again, it's just kind of uh, you hate to waste. But if you leave them on your lawn, they'll just end up rotting, and, and it won't. But can they fall in the garden? Like, can they just, because it's over a garden area. Can yeah, just, well, I guess they can, but they... They ferment. Yeah, they ferment. And if you, I guess if you break them up and, and smash them a bit once they've done that and then work them into the soil, why not, right? That'll be just like a compost. Okay. Okay. Okay, great. I'm just looking for anything that'll save me the effort I went through last year. Yeah. Well, these folks that will harvest, I, they used to come in and just pick them for you and take them. And they yeah. do. They can them and they give them to the food bank and to the veterans, etc. I just I cannot remember the name of the company. Another thing is you might want to. I don't know if you do ever do a Kijiji or anything like that. Put on their free apples. It's amazing what people will come. Yeah, they'll come okay. pick them. You just do a you pick ad and yeah, just yeah. and let someone come by and pick a bunch of apples because if you're not using them, it's always nice because some people don't have the the. The pleasantries of having a big enough yard to right. to grow a gorgeous apple like you have. So if you can share the wealth that way and uh, let somebody have some nice and they can make some apple pie or something, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that's great. Okay, thank you very much. All right, thanks. Okay. Bye bye. Yeah, that's a tough one. It is, and I just I haven't heard of anybody yet this year, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they're out there. Awesome. And I'm just going to take one more call here before the break. Good morning, Lucille. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can we help you? Oh, good. Um, Merle, I have a planter box um, that I just built. It's raised. Um, It's about 10 feet long and one foot wide, about 10 inches deep, and it's off the ground, of course. And I just want to know what's the best kind of soil to put in there. Um, And you want to grow veggies and stuff? Yeah, veggies and or flowers. One One of the walls is outside, and one is kind of inside 
partial greenhouse. You know sort what of I mean? what I would use is we just have like our spruce it up all purpose is a great one. The um, the gold we have an organic veggie. So if you want the organic, we have either or of those. I would just get a good bagged potting soil. Um, I I've had great success. I use that with our. Um, global garden that Leslie and I have done up at uh, Global TV, and it's it's produced some fabulous fabulous uh, results. And we we did add a little bit of the groundskeeper's pride eight four three into the soil as well, just for a root fertilizer. Sorry, what's that? Groundskeepers eight yeah. four. Yeah, it's a it's a granular soil amendment that you just put right into the soil. It's a slow release fertilizer. Right. Okay. And would um, any kind of vermico uh, what do you call it? Um, worm that- compost. Yes. That doesn't hurt. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, and do just I need- don't put too much in because yeah. you, you tend in a container people kill them with kindness, and I've had a lot of people with bolting radishes, bolting ra- um, beets. If you get too much nitrogen in there, it just shoots up, and that's sometimes with when you get into the compost and certain thing, you end up with too much, too much up, and it just shoots up. Mm-hmm. So you, wa- you really want to concentrate on the last two numbers more than the first one. Okay, and so as far as the soil itself, like, do I need vermiculite or perlite? No, it's all mixed in there. That's the nice thing about it. So just a good potting soil. Yeah, just like I said, we got our specially mixed that has a bunch of stuff in it. It's just a spruce-up all-purpose mix. comes in a 56-liter bag. Um, it works great. Perfect. So, okay. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Lucille. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's start gardening. I'm Merle Coons, and I'm joined by Cass Smythe this morning. Good morning, Kath. Good morning. How are we doing? I think we're doing fine. Awesome. Awesome. Let's go to Carol, and she's uh, got some fertilizing. Morning, Carol. Morning, guys. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Good. Listen, a couple quick questions. Um, I know you stop fertilizing. Like I've got tons of Virginia creepers and stuff like that in my yard, and I do 20-20-20 with them every yep. week through the year. Yep. Stop at the end of July, but I thought I heard you on one of these shows saying um, you could continue fertilizing your your perennials until the end of October. But no, 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 like no not only, with, the not only with 2020, thing. No, but. you can definitely use uh, like Rage Plus, something Rage like that. Plus. Absolutely, you can use that up right up till throughout the season. Okay, but definitely the other ones you want to stop because um, you want to just slow down. Unfortunately, we are on the other. Backside yeah. of this thing called summer, I and know. we're going to that thing called winter. And no, we're just going to fall. Fall first, fall yeah. First. Let's hope. Yeah, let's, let's hope go to have... autoden first. Yeah, hopefully we go yeah. there, not straight to winter. But yes. uh, wouldn't yeah, that be nice? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so yeah, I knew about stopping with twenty 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 at the end of July. But um, so it's the Rage Plus, or is there a certain fertilizer that's just a zero no, ten ten? There is a zero ten ten. The fish fertilizer you can use that as well. Oh. You just want to stop the nitrogen going up. So the fish fertilizer works just as well. Oh, okay. um, the Rage Plus is a great one. You just really want to stop on the on the nitrogen. You want to stop the growth up top. And how long would I? Is it okay to use that stuff every week until the uh, end I of would, October? It doesn't need it every week, definitely, because when you start feeding the soil, um, you don't need to do it as much. Like oh. if you do it, if you've been fertilizing all summer long, and then all of a sudden if you leave it for a bit, and then if you started sort of. We're in mid-August, but end of August here, and do a couple times throughout the fall, that would be more than enough. Oh, okay. 
Okay, just a couple times in the fall then. So yep. Okay, great. And another the quick question. My Virginia creepers are looking awesome because I use that pure spray green on it to keep that darn mold off of it. Yeah. Um, and do I need to, like, I do spray them all pretty much every week. Um, and do I just, should I keep doing that until they drop? Well, or? No, most of those bugs, if you don't see any of the leaf hoppers, I think they're almost past that season. Okay. So let's hope we are past that. And yeah. then, then we're good. Um, and, so, about, and about the mold as well? Which, no, that's the powdery mill, yeah. So that definitely works good for that. Yeah. And should I continue then spraying with that to keep that darn yeah, mold Yeah, it off? doesn't hurt to do that, especially if you're watering. But we're past the rainy season where you get a lot of the powdery mildew on your Virginia creeper. So just watch that your um, irrigation isn't spraying onto the leaves all the time. Okay. And more try and do a, like a soil watering rather yeah. than a leaf watering. And that's typically when the powdery mildew comes. That's is when, right, yes. And when we go through our July, June, and July rains. Yeah. And... Uh, so. Okay, perfect. So I might just have to maybe just do some hand spraying if I do have yeah, water. No, if, yeah, if you give it every couple of weeks, give it a spray with that, it definitely doesn't hurt. So Awesome. Okay, great. Thanks, guys. Enjoy yeah. the show. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And we're going down to Glenn. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning. Hey, how can we help you? I was just wondering when the best time to aerate your lawn is. Um... A lot of people, there's a few different theories on that. I know a lot of golf courses start doing it around this time as well. After a good watering, get good deep plugs so that way it can um, loosen it up before fall. And But also a lot of people love doing it early spring. Like first thing in the spring when it's softened up, get, right, when it's really nice and wet. So again, you get good deep plugs. And uh, aerate it that way. I don't, I'm not a, I don't aerate a lot. Like I'm more of a power raker. And uh, unless you get really hard, hard soil, I'm a power, I'm a, an advocate of doing the aerating in the fall, yep. and I do that for two reasons: because half the time people get it done and then they never rake the plugs off. And if you do it in the fall and you've left all the plugs that have been pulled out on the lawn, they break down over the winter and then they just contribute to the soil level. And when you power rake in the springtime, you get rid of any excess. And I think that's the best time because you want to get the moisture penetration still continuing. So doing it in the fall is a good time, and that's yeah. actually why the golf courses do it. Okay, so and you want it nice and wet before you... I, I do, because our soil is so hard, and then that way you can get good deep plugs. It just goes in a lot better, you know what I mean? Okay. All right. So give that a try, and then that should make it good for you, if that makes sense. And then you do you fertilize a bunch afterwards? Or? Uh, not a bunch. You can do your fall fertilizer of the... Um, 16326 and typically there's three um, applications of it the full application is in the spring and then the middle one you cut it by a third and then the fall you cut it by a third again so not a whole lot in the fall nope just give it a light one all right all right thanks Glenn thank you very much bye bye and we need to take a break you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR Stock Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, Calgary's largest full-service garden center with everything you need inside and out. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. All right. And do you have a few texts there you want to read out, Kath, at all? My text line has gone down. We have a little bit of technical difficulties. Yes, we do. So Kath is uh, in charge of the text, so I think you can keep them coming. Um, if not, um, you can still definitely call us at 403-974-8255 
or 1-800-563-7770. So what do you got there, Kath? We've had a bumper crop of raspberries this year. How much do you cut them back for the winter, and when is the best time, or do you just leave them over the winter? Well, typically, you, you remove all the second-year wood, right? That's right. You remove all that second-year wood that produced fruit this year and clean them all out. And then I recommend that in the fall, in the springtime, you go back and you look at how they're growing. And raspberries traditionally produce on second-year wood, so you, all the new growth that's coming out will be for the following year. But there should be branches coming and, and leafing coming on the second-year wood, which will be the ones you didn't see raspberries on this year. Okay, so that will give you your, and then next year you'll get it next on the... Next year, on, and the next year you'll get the stuff that was coming from the bottom. It will become the second year wood. Awesome. So there you go. So there we answered that one. Is there any more you want to read out there? Well, I'm having a little trouble with the screen. It keeps flipping me out of stuff. It's okay. almost like it's... Yeah. <laughs> All right. I will go to the phone lines then right now until we get this figured out. And right now we're going to go to Barbara. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. How are you this morning? Good, good. How can we help you? I am tenacious, if nothing else. <laughs> and so um, I'm looking to plant underneath that evergreen. Yeah. Um, I have talked to you before, and you said that, and I'm going to have to do this next year, but I'm, I'm getting myself <laughs> ready. Um, I have some um, barberry that I put under, and you said that they may not survive. So I'm looking, I am looking for something thorny because um, I have a retaining wall there that people are sitting on and having conversations in the night yeah. and so i'm trying to do something passive but aggressive and um, get, get a motion sensor sprinkler <laughs> <laughs> have this, it's called the scarecrow for yeah. scaring deer away and so when they go in the motion sensor sets off the sprinkler and that's pretty passive aggressive <laughs> well you could get the bird strips on top of the wall you know, they, they oh. put strips on top of the wall yeah, that yeah, have yeah. the, yeah, the spiky stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You could go that way. <laughs> I couldn't put like a rose bush. I'm, I'm, I am trying no. to make, because the, because well, the depends how much, wall is ugly. It depends it how much light it gets. And that's the biggest problem. Oh. And then the water issue, because it's like a big umbrella, right? So you, you, need, you need to have that... Um, trim back or not? Yeah, well, and it just getting water, so you have to make sure that if it has enough light, but the other biggest thing is the water issue. So if you have a sprinkler head that goes underneath there to water it, then that will make a big difference as well because you're, you're getting water down into it. It's And that's the typical, people just forget to water underneath the tree because it just doesn't get yeah. underneath there. So Okay, so if I can do like a drip system underneath there or something like that, that, that that'll, would that'll, that'll help. But you're never, I'll be honest, it's yeah, hard to get vigorous growth underneath there um, besides goatweed or something. But if you're trying to grow like a barberry or something like that, it's almost impossible. Okay, so now I'm going to switch. So if you can picture a retaining wall, and then I have the city sidewalk, but I have about eight inches, <laughs> eight inches yeah. of, a, of a lawn there. Yeah. If I wanted to do something that would like be astalier or something, yeah, what would you consider there? Um, that's fairly narrow, but how wide is it? Like, like you have eight it inches to plant. Of, it goes the length of the. Oh, okay, yeah, you yeah. could do any of the fruit trees, something like that. Um, I've done lots of espaliers um, on walls and stuff in Calgary. It works very well. It does. Yeah, absolutely. And I just start with a, a five-gallon apple or a cherry or a pear tree when the when the branches are quite flexible. And then it, you just... Uh, how 
I'll get them to hang on the wall. <laughs> well, you have to put in a, a, a either a 4x4 four four post or a 6x6 six six post. And I use copper pipe. And then it looks aesthetically pleasing. So you run the copper pipe in between the post, and then you just use the that Velcro plant tie, and then you just train the branches to uh, go along there. Okay. Okay. That's wonderful. Alrighty. Yes. Thank you very kindly. You're very welcome. Thank okay. you. Have a good day. You too. Bye. And we're going to go to one more. We're going to go to High River and chat with Mary. Good morning, Mary. <laughs> good morning, Merle and Cass. Good morning. Uh, how, how are you? Did you? <laughs> well, I'm pooped out. How come? I went twisting last night. Yeah? How was that? <laughs> I went to a, a show at the Legion. It was a fundraiser for the veterans. Anyway, there was a fella, an imposter of Neil Diamond and Ray Charles. Oh, nice. All that good old music. Sometimes those I guys are great, aren't they? For a few, like five twists, and then I sat down. <laughs> I, I love some of those guys. Do some of the uh, oh. the music so good, like the like the imposters and things like that. They do such he a good job. Was or wonderful. Sounds better than an imposter, I guess. Tribute tribute artists. Yes. <laughs> well, the, you know this fella can do anything. He can sing and play and and dress up like. Like like Ray Charles doing the piano, <laughs> and it, it was really good. But what I'm calling for is I planted small pumpkins. Now, what I've been doing is cutting those blossom ends out. Now they're they're all over the the garden by the cucumbers, so maybe I'll have cucumber pumpkins. But anyway. Uh, am I doing the right thing? They're starting to look like grapefruit, a little bigger. Hello? Yes. Uh, and so I'm cutting off, you know, the ends that run out, you know, that blossom end? Yes. Yeah, so, so it'll stop the growth and make the pumpkins go better. Now, should I l lift them up and maybe put... Uh, cardboard or something because we've had a lot of rain i was just going to say mary what you want to do is lift them up off the ground a bit to get them a little warmer so some yeah. pieces of cardboard would be better and yeah. and don't just cut the blossom the as the runners start to go forward rip some of those cut some of those off so yeah, that you're getting i've done that Cass. yeah good yeah. but yeah yeah lifting them up off the ground is the best and that'll keep yeah. them a bit warmer and more in, into the sun like so the leaves are covering them all Oh, good. Yeah, okay, yeah. well, that's good, and that's oh. that'll be good. But the, when you say the little pumpkins, do you mean that little tiny? Um, well, no, the no, sugar? they're all they're the, the little wee wee ones. I've cut them oh, off. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. I cut them off. Okay, no, I'm just trying to grow. I was trying to fill some spaces in the garden. Yeah, I'm yeah. tired of weeding. Yes, I know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I just wanted to know now. I've done that with cucumbers too when right. you run out them, too yeah. much. Yes. And so the same with the pumpkins. Same thing with the pumpkins. Stuff. That's right. Yes. And my sunflowers are at least 12 feet oh, tall. They're fabulous this year. They're, they're looking really beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. See, they're pretty, and the bees like them, and the birds will get them, and I yeah. just leave them and let the birds well, have them in the fall. That's a good thing. That's a yeah. good thing. <laughs> I enjoy them. Good. Anyway, nice to talk to you. Yes, you too. Yeah, you take care now, and you too, Merle. All right, thank you. I look you. forward to the tree planting tomorrow. Yeah, they're coming yeah. out. They're yeah. ready.
Yeah, okay, my dear. Thanks, Mary. Okay, have a bye good bye. day. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. No pressure for the tree planting crew, eh, going to Mary's house? No, I was just going to say, I'm not sure I want to be part of that crew. <laughs> uh, she'll treat them good. She'll probably fill them so full of cake and stuff that uh, yeah. they won't be able to work the rest of the day. But right now, we're going to go down south as well. We're going to go to the Spruce It Up tree lot, and we're going to speak with Chris down in the tree lot. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Merle. Hi, Cass. Hi. How's it going down there? Oh, it's a beautiful morning yet again. Yeah, yep. it is. Gorgeous. Isn't it? Yep. And you get the, the little wearing or the water droplets off the sprinkler system still on the leaves there. So it's just, it's beautiful. Birds are everywhere. Yep. It's, yeah. uh, can't complain. Living the dream. You don't remember that at three o'clock. <laughs> I, w- I was driving by there yesterday morning on the way to walk my dog. You have the most amazing buck that's coming through your tree lot. Did you know that? No. I he's have not gorgeous. seen any signs of him, really. Oh, he's gorgeous. I don't wow. think he's eating anything. I think he's just walking the walk. Yeah, we... he, just, he just loves it here as much yeah. as we do. Yeah, he had yeah. at least eight points. He was beautiful. Really? Yeah. No, I'll have to keep an eye out for him. <laughs> huh. Wow. Yeah, we got to make sure. Well, uh, two years ago when we had all the deep snow in the winter, they got in and ate a bunch of our evergreens. That's why we have yep. some topiered uh, evergreens <laughs> yep. still in the backs so of the deer got in there. And, yeah, uh, so yeah what, you're, look, you're looking for a Dr. Seuss pine. We got them here. Absolutely. Oh, okay. <laughs> Charge extra for those. They're topiered. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so what's, uh, what's, what's looking good right now down in the tree lot? Well, the hydrangeas are all just blooming away. They're just, uh, they've been going for probably about... So, I don't know about a month now, and uh, we just keep getting more in, and they're pinks and and whites and creams. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Yeah, I have some on the east side of my home, and they're the limelight, and they're just all this. This started blooming. It's a little late. They should have been Annabelle's on the front. I didn't plant them, but that now they're sort of here. We are mid August. They're just starting to come into bloom. But yeah. man, they they're just so nice when they bloom. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, my Annabelle's have all just popped. I have uh, three in my yard, and. And uh, one, two of them are in almost full shade, and one is in the sun, and they all look the same, and the heads are just massive. They're always magnificent. They really always, are. Yeah. They're just yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. And then we have some of the uh, Invincible Spirits in, and those are the pink ones, which are quite pretty as well. And the quick fires, of course, um, have already kind of done their thing, but they still have their pinkish color towards the end. And, uh Yeah. And then we have one of the one of my favorites is the vanilla Sunday. So it oh. comes out comes out white, and then it slowly turns to a pink, and then it actually turns to a nicer red. So that's those are a bunch that we just got in, and they're massive flowers as well. Yeah, there's quite a few nice varieties of yeah. them, and they're getting those. I know the a lot of our growers that we work with they go down into. Uh, into Europe and Germany and different places where a lot of those are natively grown and they're playing with them and hybrid them, hybrid them, hybrid them. Hybridizing. There you go. There's a big word. <laughs> yeah. and, and bringing them over to us, which is kind of nice. So yeah, the more color, I, yeah, the more color we can get, um, the better, I think for a lot of people, they have those memories of the big purples and the pinks and, and I think that's what the growers are probably trying to eventually get for us because those would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, but we're getting there, and so lots of good things coming in. So, yeah. um, what about any of the trees? I know I noticed there was still some really nice hawthorns and yeah. a few other ones that are looking really good. And I know there's some oak that are really like they're actually quite a good tree. They're a little slower when they're smaller, but man, they're a great tree when they get going. 
Yeah, the urban pinnacles. Yeah, they actually look really good in the tree lot right now. The leaves are, are like almost almost eight inches long. Yeah. So, so they're yeah they're a unique tree. Um, actually, we just started to pull out in the front of the tree lot a kind of a display so people can see each kind of tree we have that might get missed if you walk through the tree lot. So, yeah. And so then also the what what are the the larger, um, what you might call it the the bur oaks. The bur oaks, yeah. Yeah, because they kind of, and they're sort of ones that, same with the Ohio Buckeye, the bur oaks, and a couple of the other ones, they look a little bit scrawny when they're smaller until yeah. they fill out, and then they look, then they just become majestic trees, so. Yeah, we had a we had a 100 mil oak tree that I think you've probably had it for quite a while. Um, we pulled it out this, this uh, spring and took it to someone in Brooks, and it was just majestic. It was beautiful. So if you're patient, absolutely, they're trees that you... Uh, and they have such a great leaf shape. Don't they? Yes. Yeah, they're, just, they're just so different. And then that Regal Prince Oak, again, that we talked about last week, the, the smaller oak that's tall and narrow, same kind of leaves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of gladiators still. So if you're looking for adding some color to all your green, the gladiators are... The purple leaves are all standing out, and it's a nice narrow form too. Yeah, it's, it's a, great a very tree. pretty tree from yeah, that it's standpoint. A nice, yeah, yeah, especially when you're looking to not use the aspens like every neighbor has. It's <laughs> no. kind of some, something else you can throw in there with some color. Well, yeah, and especially you get the gorgeous pink flowers, but there's yeah. also fruit for the winter. Yeah, um, tiny fruit. It's ornamental, so it's not messy, and yeah. it's it's great food for the birds throughout the winter time. Yeah, no crabapple murder scene. No. Just, no. Just the berries, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, thank you so much. Okay, and thank enjoy. you. And if, yeah, you as well. And if anybody wants to go down, Chris is down in the tree lot all day I'm today. Here. Full <laughs> of knowledge, and she'll set you up. Awesome. I'll be go looking for my buck, though. Now that it, now you got me intrigued. Well, I was... I was so now, now you'll well, be able I... to see Chris. You'll put her camo on, and she's going hunting now. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, look out for Chris. The buck. I'll yeah. be down here. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Have all a great right. day, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Okay. Bye. 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 All right. Yeah, thanks to Chris. And uh, there's somebody else who truly enjoys being in the horticulture industry, and it's a pleasure having her down at Spruce It Up. And also, where are we at for time? Actually, I took a break at the 40. Or did I? No, I didn't. Okay. Oh, God, time's flying by. Eh? All yeah. right, let's take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Emerald Coons, and I'm here with Cass Smythe, and we're going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to speak with John. Good morning, John. Well, good morning. How are you doing today, sir? Fabulous day out there. Can't complain. Nice, nice. So what's, what's going on today? You mentioned the Annabelle hydrangea. Yeah, no, and you sent me a picture. You emailed me one a couple of days ago, and uh, yeah, gorgeous. That one blossom is eight inches across. Oh, I know. They're phenomenal. Is that right? Okay. Well, they're beautiful. Thanks to you and uh, Joanne and Joanna. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, got you all set up. Crew. Now, what am I doing wrong? I have tomato plants that they've gone out like an octopus. They're not going up. They're going out. Okay. Kathy, you want to? Well, I've been seeing a lot of that this year. I think it's because we haven't had a lot of good, hot, long, sunny days. And I think what they're doing is they're staying closer to the ground because it's warmer there. And I think that's why they're going out and spreading. And they're doing something that I haven't seen in about 10 years. 
So I honestly, I've just been lifting mine up and propping them with bamboo sticks to get them to go upward. Yes. So it's about the best thing you can do. Um, other than that, I have no instant solution for it. I just know that with the cooler nights that we've been getting again, the soil is the warmest place for them to grow. So they're, they're trying to stay close to the ground. Okay, the tomatoes look really nice, though. Oh, they're beautiful. And yeah. maybe cleaning off some of the extra growth, like the extra green growth, will allow the tomatoes to develop and be a little redder. I think we have about three, four more weeks of growing time for them to redden up. So if we take some of the bottom growth, we're going to get a better show and off I have of been doing that, really cutting them back. Yeah. Good, yeah. Yeah, and, and let more energy go to the fruit, which is important. Yes. And I have another problem because you were talking about <laughs> things growing up rather than down, like my uh, carrots. Yeah. Feet. Yes. I've got tops on them. My gosh, I could feed an army. Yeah, but no bottom. They're very, you know, they're not really that well developed yet. No. And I think again, this is where we try to get them to um, develop a little more bottom. So maybe even thinning some of the leaves on top wouldn't hurt. Okay. And it helps that. It helps them to put more energy into growing the top growth. This moisture has been fabulous for the soil, and we're doing really well with it. But I think sometimes the carrots want that cooler air circulating around them to develop downward and oh. get less. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. that groundskeeper's probably like the 845 or the Evolve one with the low numbers. That's that the one. Make yes. a big difference getting that into your soil and less compost. Unfortunately, yes. just more, yeah. just a good soilless mix and less compost. Yeah, they don't want to have a. Sounds they don't like want. I have to make another trip down south. Well, that's not <laughs> a bad thing. We like seeing you down there, John. But you're about halfway to Lethbridge, aren't you? No, we're just on the edge of Calgary. <laughs> oh, just on the edge of Calgary. Every road leads to spruce. Mary? Every every road leads to spruce it up. That's no. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. And thank you so much. Snap peas and the shelling peas. They're four or five feet high. A fabulous crop. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's well, the moisture. Well, bring us a little bit of that when you come down. Oh, dokie. All right, thanks, John. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye now. I haven't had any uh, fresh peas yet out of the garden, so... Oh, our garden at the, <coughs> at the Hort office, we've had peas, and they've been delicious. The other day I dropped in and was sitting in the back with Gail from the office, and we were eating peas. It was very tasty. Awesome. And uh, here, and we got a couple of texts here on some beans. Okay. And I just flew by it. And it just says, good morning, Merle. I have a beautiful lush green plants that aren't producing any beans. I noticed the leaves are covered with little black flies or aphids. Any idea what this problem is? Yeah, it does look like you have sort of the bigger black aphids. Yeah. Um, Pure spray green works really good on those. And again, you just want to make sure you're fertilizing with a, a higher middle number and not too much nitrogen. So I would feed that again with 15, 30, 15, 10, 52, 10, something like that. Just produce the blooms and get the fruit. But it's so lush that I think you maybe have a, l a little bit of nitrogen in that soil. A like, little, yeah, a little bit of nitrogen. The beans look beautiful. Oh, I do, they do, but they need, they need a little bit more nitrogen. And those or ph phosphate. Phosphate, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're no, right. just the nitrogen gets the growth yeah. up top. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah, I so noticed my beans are struggling a bit, but it's because of the aphids and the damn birds. 
Yeah, I know when you have the weather thing, and that that is true. So I don't see many beans on hers at all. So yeah, so you need to, to you need to get some phosphate into yes. that soil. And again, that the granular, the groundskeepers pride eight four five or the evolve um, organic vegetable soil feeder is 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 really really good as well. And hey, Ron, should I let my grass grow taller as we go into winter? Actually, no, a, a little bit taller. You can go two inches. And I, I kind of recommend going a little, not real short in the winter, but not real, real, like this sort of keep it at that two inches. It's just because if you let it go too long, that's a, it's a hideaway for all the mice and you get all that tunneling yeah. and the voles. And so just, just a regular height is fine going into fall in Calgary. Again, just making sure we give it a good watering before freeze up and using our green up fertilizer will make all the difference in the spring and the fall because then you have enough uh, nutrients in there for it to get the roots going first thing in the spring, which it just seems around the corner all the time. Oh, hey, it does. Like we just all of a sudden we're. And this is a nice one. one. Says you guys are rock stars. Love the show. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> and uh, and I don't see the picture of the ash tree. It says, "Hi, do you think this ash tree is worth saving?" And I couldn't I just, find a picture. Yeah. So yeah. maybe if you could resend the picture, and and that would be great. And one more. I'm experimenting with cucumbers in a container, burpless slicer type, fertilized with Rage Plus. I have tons of blossoms, but no full fruit. Do these self-pollinate, Kath? No, they need to have a male and a female. And if you haven't got the both the t- types of flowers, we, you'll have to uh, be the bee a bit, but you need a male and a female flower. Awesome. Yeah. And we need to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs here with Cass Smythe. And I do have a question from Lynn. I did, as you said, I trimmed a tomato plant, found one turning red. Yippee. Now, how do I add the calcium and bone meal at the same time? Well, you can sprinkle the bone meal in, but if you just, most of the tomato fertilizers that are water soluble will have a calcium content in them. Or the one that we have, you do mix it with water, so you just water it into the root system, and then that will get you your... This thing looks like a ball of tomatoes. She's trimmed back the foliage. It is unbelievable. It, like, there's probably 100 tomatoes on that little bush. But uh, And uh, so, yeah, so make sure you just keep feeding that and, uh, and, and just consistent watering, especially when you have that much fruit on it. Um, so just keep doing what you're doing. It looking, looking great so far. So some great, great looking things there. Right now we're going to go to the phone lines. We're going to chat with Vivian. Good morning, Vivian. Morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, I have the Cotoniaster, which uh, you guys assisted in uh, telling me what to do when it had the scale. So yeah. it got topped right back. It's been treated with pure spray green and then your, I think it's evolved. Yeah. But all the tips right now, the brand new tips at the top, appear to be just infested with aphids. Yeah, unfortunately, when you provide all that lush new growth, those little aphids love that stuff. Yeah, they are. So again, I would just recommend another couple shots of the Pure Spray Green, Ah, and that will look after that as well. And again, you need, unfortunately, with the aphids, it needs to be like today, again in five days, then again in five days, and then again in five days. Sort of three times will break the cycle. Oh, okay. Now, can I use that pure spray green on uh, some pot plants that appear to be getting aphids as well? Um, on your on your cannabis, you, I believe you can. No, no, not that kind. No, not that kind. Oh, not. okay. <laughs> it's just funny. 
Well, nowadays it's all legal, Vivian. I, don't, I know. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just a little... I think, like, you know, little pot plants. With, oh, um, potted plants. Flowers, potted plants. Yeah, I... <laughs> Vivian, Vivian. You're very funny, Merle. <laughs> <laughs> well, nowadays it's the norm, right? Actually, Dwight sent in some pictures. He has his, they're, I think, what do you say here? They're 12 weeks or something like that, and, and they're, they're just in, in full bud. Yeah. So he updates oh. us every week or oh, so with his okay. uh, with his cannabis plants. Um, yes, lot, with yeah. potted plants, most time you use, except for anything with furry leaves, like um, you don't want to use it on like African violets or things like that. So you, okay. you're totally fine. Oh, no, and they're just, just regular outdoors, like geraniums. Not absolutely. Not but other things like yeah. that, right? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Right. Try not doing it in the real hot sun. Yeah. Um, so do it early in the morning is much better, and then you're good to go. Okay, okay. Well, I have a big fir tree shading the, the hedge, so Perfect. I'll wait for whenever I can get sun on it. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. All right. Thank you very much. All right. That. Thanks, okay. Vivian. And let me know how you grow that pot plant, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> My son will love it. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Okay. All, all those guys can go come out of the closet now. They're allowed to smoke pot in front of their mom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Vivian. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, it, it, it still baffles me a bit. Like, sometimes um, that cannabis, like, you go and it's in, you can go at the co-op store. Yes. And what's your co-op number? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting your cannabis. It's well, kind of now funny. we know where you buy yours. Exactly. <laughs> Got to get your co-op points. Um, no, but it, it is. It's interesting how that's evolved, and it really. I haven't noticed a big difference being out. Like you, you get the odd whiff here and there, but I think most people that were doing it, it seems to be done resp- responsibly. Which so hopefully it continues on that way. Which is it's great. Let's go to Lewis. Good morning, Lewis. Hi. Good morning. Or Louise. Yes, uh, it's Lois. Lois. Hi, Lois. <laughs> okay. Thanks for taking my call. Love your show. Thank you. And Mary is a ray of sunshine every morning. Absolutely. <laughs> How can we help you? Um, can you, is it too late to lay new sod? No, absolutely not. Right now is actually even better time because um, the ground is warmed up. So that'll help with root development. And a lot of the real hot, hot days are gone for the most part. This week we're supposed to get a 28. But for the most part, this is a great time. So the main thing is do lots of prep work. Roll it nice. Get it all prepped out nice. um, Lay your sod out. And then you kind of water twice a day. And sort of a little bit longer get it get everything nice and wet and then and then once more later on in the day and then f- just for the first week and then you can cut it back to once a day okay we have lots of spruce trees yeah so should we put lime or something no like it that? won't make any difference you're going to try and grow grass underneath there yeah i would probably try not to i would just cut those areas out and just put bark mulch in, underneath there Okay. It just it, you know it's going to be an endless battle that it's not even really the it's not the lime it's not even that it's really acidic it's just a lack of nutrients and a lack of water underneath there because it, like I said to the earlier caller it's like a big umbrella and it just sheds the water and nothing gets underneath there it, and it doesn't get enough light. It's a really really old lawn. I mean, yeah. So I would just instead of fighting it, so just around at the end of the branches, yeah. <laughs> just make a nice circle, another foot out from the branches, and just just do a nice circle there. Put bark mulch underneath there. It'll look way better, and the tree will like it because, <clears throat> excuse me, because it'll the the bark mulch will help hold the moisture better for it, and your grass won't try and fight that drought tolerant drought uh, underneath the spruce tree. Okay. 
And should it be fertilized? Um, absolutely. And uh, so fertilize when you get going. Again, our greened up fertilizer is great for laying sod. It has that high middle number for the roots. Been using it. It's wonderful. Awesome. Thank you very, very much. All right. Thanks, Lois. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And we're getting through some calls here. So let's go to Paul. Good morning, Paul. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. How can we help you? We have got a moth problem. And okay. lots of moths flying around and feeding off everything. And they went to harvest our cauliflower, and it was full of worms. Yeah. And um, is there anything you can put down that's natural that's going to stop these moths from eating everything? They're eating the um, Swiss chard and the uh, beet leaves and everything. It's just, uh, it's just do crazy. they look, Do they look like they're right inside the leaf? They, they go down inside. You can't see where they're going. And there's literally... The, Probably about twenty or thirty keep flying around there and going into the plant leaves. Yeah, the, and, what you uh, can use is the you can use the like the frost cover. Yeah, I use the plant plant guard cover, the white fabric, and I put it over them. But you have to get it on before the cabbage whites start flying. Okay. But the best thing you can do is try to cover them now and protect them a bit. But the cabbage white moth, the larvae are what do, are doing the damage, and they're these little green caterpillars, and they're just having a feast. And they hatch every five to seven days. So putting the plant guard should protect them from it a little bit. And you can use yeah. pure spray green on there? Yes, I was just going to say, in the pure spray green, I've had a certain amount of success with that. I also now, about... Two weeks before cabbage white season, which usually is about the first week or the last week in July, I use BTK, which is a, a ba bacteria that is inoculated into the soil, and the uh, cabbage white doesn't go to it. Okay. And I, oh, and the other trick I learned this year was using dill, and I plant dill through my rows of my uh kale and this year touch wood i have no holes in my kale because the cabbage white isn't hasn't had hasn't laid its eggs there it laid its eggs up in the canopy of the dill okay so that's called traps that's called plant traps yeah because i mean we had a we had a head of cat of um cauliflower that was probably almost half the size of a bowling ball. Oh. Beautiful ahead of it. We pulled it off to eat it, and it was all full of worms, green worms. Oh, yeah. yeah That's they liked the it cabbage well. white, yeah. Unfortunately. It's like yeah, all like that leafy crop and brassicas, which is what the cauliflower is part of. Yeah, I like meat with my with my cauliflower, but not that kind of meat. Yeah, no, no kidding. <laughs> no extra well, protein. It's good that you noticed it before. So Yeah, definitely. <laughs> all right. Yeah, can you put salted water or spray salted water on? Would that help at all, do you think? I, would, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't want to add the salt to it. No. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work, actually. It won't. It's just an old myth that they will be killed by, but it doesn't touch, unfortunately. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, that's something that you have to be proactive and not reactive. That's right. Almost yeah. before. You need to yeah. do some of these. If you plan on growing cauliflower and certain things, you need to yeah. do ahead of time and do those row covers yeah. and and have them covered up with your carrots and some of these things. If and I try to you know deceive them with alternative planting yeah. for them. And that's actually, sunflowers actually above cabbages will draw them away from. Okay. And well, what about marigolds? Does that help with any of that? Well, it doesn't help with them, but it does attract the aphids. So it does help that. And, you know, all of these plants have a reason for being planted around vegetable gardens. Absolutely. Campania planting. <laughs> Companion planting. Campania? Yeah. Yeah. Companion. Isn't that a pot? Yeah. 
And, and planting, apparently using beer attracts slugs from all around your garden. Well, it does, says but this. such a waste of beer. <laughs> well, if you happen to have a few left over that were half drank from the night before, put them, into your, put them right. into your pie trays That's and, right. and uh, get the slugs. Um, there's also slug baits that you can use um, that work quite well. But I'm a, little, I'm a little afraid of slug baits. You have to look at the active ingredients. Thank goodness we don't have Mattel to hide anymore. No, no. This. But the one from Safer's yeah. has sulfur and iron in it, and it's really good for your soil. So yeah. it does help. Absolutely. And where are we at for time? We got a little bit of time. Should we take a break? We're going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up. Garden Center, Calgary's largest full-service garden center with everything you need inside and out. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Um, that is uh, one thing that's really is taken off in Calgary, and it's nice to see the younger generation because I think it'll help um, get them into gardening all around is the house plants and the different things. Oh, They've gosh, really yeah. taken um, that industry by storm, and it's sure nice to see them getting in and growing. And once they start with a couple of tropical plants... They get the bug, right? And then they start growing some food, and we're starting to see a lot more younger people, young families coming in, picking up fruit trees. Like, there's so many great apples that you can plant in your yard, and I know I posted some pictures last week, and actually that's what every morning now when I'm at the store, I walk through the the caliper lot, and I grab a couple. There's real Macintosh apples you can grow here. The Hardy Mac, there's lots of great um, apples and pears. Um, I had a young couple that listened to the show. Um, they were in yesterday, and they picked themselves up a uh, Romeo cherry and also a linden. They wanted to make some linden tea, Ooh. and that was going to be a gift from their mother. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, so they uh, they were picking up those. I bought a Romeo cherry last night. It has a high sugar content. Yeah. So quite interesting They were They it. weren't available for a bit, so we finally were able to get them. They had to size up in the nursery as well. So we got those and looking great, and so uh, happy to see those came in stock. Um, also just like there's so many great apples and pears, like real ones. And I don't even really bring, I bring in a few of the doggles, but really people just don't want to plant them anymore because they are that. As soon as you say grab apple to somebody, they get that look. What? That yeah. whole big mush. Well, not everybody makes crab apple jelly, and they're very prolific, so yeah. they produce a they're, lot of fruit. And they're a lot of work, right? Yes. Just the cleanup, and yes. the, but they're gorgeous white flowers and all that, but man, oh man, that's a lot of work for a little bit of flesh on those. So there's so many great apples that you can grow here Well, my favorite Calgary. is Honeycrisp. Yep. Honeycrisp is a great one. Yep. I have myself. I have a Norland apple. Yeah, Norlands are great. Although it's producing way too much fruit again. So we had a suggestion. There's a cider company in town that will will take those. Um, and also, I would almost think the food bank might look at taking some of that. I'm not too sure you well, can contact them. they might them. even have a contact for and, the people that harvest And it. some senior lodges. They might even, because I know a lot of them have buses. You might even contact a couple of, bus, like, couple of the senior lodges. Maybe they'll come and pick some of the apples or if you want to pick them and donate them to them as well. Um, then they, they don't get out and aren't able to, to do that as much. So there's a few different thoughts on, on that. So, and... Right now, I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to uh, Sheila. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning. 
morning. Enjoy your show. And Thank you. I should it's a good, beautiful morning. Isn't it gorgeous out there today? <laughs> it is. It is. Um, this is probably a silly question because rhubarb is growing almost like a weed. Yeah. But we transplanted, cut some off an old um, plant and transplanted it. But it is very, very slow. Um, it actually wintered in a pot. Oh, really? And then we planted it, but it is not doing well. It has leaves, but how long does it take? Uh, and- well, the first year it's going to take a bit because you got to establish some roots and, and get it. So that's what it's concentrating on this year is, is re- reforming its bulb, um, getting it growing, getting the root filled out, and then next year you should start seeing some, some more action. Should all the little um, stems be pulled for the winter? No, I would just leave it. I would okay. just, I would just, Mother Nature works really quite well for us. I, and I'm a very, fairly big advocate of being a procrastinator going into fall. <laughs> Don't cut back any of your perennials and things like that. You can cut back a bit, but Mother Nature, it, they fall a certain way. And a lot of times it's to protect them. It gives them some winter cover and things like that. So that way, in ways that'll hold more moisture um, if you clean them right up, we're like we don't live in Victoria or England, and I know a lot of the gardening advice sometimes comes via BC or or England. Yeah. And in Calgary, we need Mother Nature to help us look after those things. Okay. So any just, type of fertilizer that you put on them to. Yeah, fifteen thirty fifteen would be great. Okay. You want a higher middle number to get that root going, and uh, and then go from there. Okay, thank you very much, and enjoy your show. All right, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, that, uh, that one is uh, always takes a bit. People, you got to remember, it's, especially in Calgary, our roots, and it takes a little it bit longer. It takes a while to, to get that basement built. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. We're working with clay, so we got to dig a hole, and so right. does the root system. All right, now I'm going to go to Frank. Good morning, Frank. Morning. How can we help you? Yeah, I have uh, tomatoes in uh, black uh, garden pots. Okay. And... Um, their leaves are curling up. Okay. Are they getting hard? Like, do they look like distorted, distorted sort of thing? Or yeah. Are they d- yeah. Um, you might have the, a tomato blight on them. If they sort of look like, it reminds me of arthritis in someone's hand. Like, they sort of curl up and get hard uh-huh. and not brown. Does that make sense? Is that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, you might have that tomato blight. And if it is that, you just need to throw it away. You can't really cure it. Oh, Okay. Yeah, if it it kind of it kind of looks, um, yeah, just it really it just really reminds me of arthritis in someone's fingers where you see a a poor guy or a gal that has arthritis in their hands and it sort of curls up. Are the edges of the leaf hard, or is it the center of the leaf that might be going uh, hard? Well, they're not really hard, but uh, you know when you try to open them up, they do. You know, okay. break up. Can you send us? Can you text a picture to the same number? Yeah, I can. Actually, then, that would be great if yeah. you could do that. Then we could answer for sure. So if it's cupping up and it's going hard along the edges, it could be the blight. But if it's cupping up, what are you using for fertilizer? Um, I'm using um, plant prod. Okay. And some Epsom salt. Okay. and yeah, Be careful with prod, the Epsom salts I was just going to well. say, there's some of our problem right there. How often are you using the Epsom salts? Uh, maybe twice this season. Oh, okay. Well, that's not so bad, but... Send us a picture because it it could be just nutritional. Okay. All righty. I'll, I'll try that. Awesome. Bye. Thanks, Frank. All right. Bye bye. Bye.
And where we're at for time. Actually, we got a couple of texts. Um, I got, can you tell me what tree this is? Huge and sends out many seeds. It looks like it's a green ash, and you probably get those little helicopters yes. and that coming off it. Um, I would say that is the problem. And then, good morning, Merlin Kath. I have an ant problem on my acreages. is killing the grass and also affecting the oak trees. What would you suggest? And enjoy your program, Barb. Um, yeah, it looks like you got, um, again, the pure spray green has worked really good as a soil drench. There is some really good um, ant spray that we have. It's called Kills All, but there's an ant one that works really well. Um, some of the diatomaceous earth, if you have lots of that, um, sprinkle a whole bunch of that in there, the ant out, and, uh, and see how that goes. But you can, can, what about malathion on ants? Have I a, haven't had a lot of success with that. Ambush? Ambush would be a little bit better, and it would be a soil drench. Yeah, that's. I think if you have big areas and you're in an acreage, I would really go to the soil drench. That's mixing a five-gallon pail yeah. and pouring it in there and letting her go. But right now, we got to go and take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. to Let's Talk Gardening, and we did get the pictures of those tomatoes, and unfortunately, you are getting the blight, and uh, I would probably, maybe, if there is tomatoes on there, maybe pick them off, and uh, try and just let them ripen in newspaper or something That's like right, that. Just stand them at room temperature somewhere in a... Yeah, yeah. but unfortunately, that tomato is just going to slowly go, and I would just get rid of it, because you'll be spreading the blight if you have other tomatoes around, so I would just... Uh, um, unfortunately, pick the fruit and get rid of it and uh, and throw it away. Yeah, I'd throw the plant away because you don't want it to continue. And I notice it's in hey, a don't pot. Don't save the soil. Don't save the soil. And if it's in a pot, I would clean. I would bleach the pot so that it doesn't stay there. Absolutely. So, thanks for the picture, and that's the great technology. Thanks to our team at uh, Course here. Got us all fixed up again, and we're all good and uh, and working, so we can see those good pictures. And let's go to Peter. He has a grapefruit growing out in his yard, which is awesome here in Calgary. <laughs> Good morning, Peter. <laughs> well, I uh, had a surprise eating a grapefruit a little while ago, and uh, the seeds were germinating. So I took and planted them, and three of them come up, and they're about, I don't know, an inch tall. You know, I've and heard I, of that happening, so it's kind of neat that you had that. Actually, sometimes you see it on Facebook or Internet. It's kind of nice to hear that it's, uh, it's a real yeah. thing. Well, yeah, you know, I give them a drink of water every day, but I don't know. Beyond that, I don't know what to do. Uh, like, uh, yeah, yeah, should uh, it, it, it should just treat it like a citrus plant? No, um, just consistent watering, get a good soilless mix, and they like a taller, narrower pot. So something like that, that when it's small, you can just put it into like a six-inch pot or eight-inch pot. Don't go crazy big yet. Let it develop some roots. They do like the acidic, like so a 30-10-10 fertilizer, but light. Don't go heavy on them. And they, they, I would just treat them like a citrus. So they like it fairly bright. They like a lot of sun. Actually, I moved my lemon, Myers lemon outside. It was in the house. And I was kind of struggling a bit, but I moved it out on the patio. And we have south, um, west facing. It is just blooming. Like I probably have five hundred blooms on it right now, and it just it just loves being outside. The leaves just look so much healthier. But I'll have to move it inside here soon as the nights are starting to cool off a bit. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Just treat well, it like a citrus plant, like a regular house plant for the most part. Just consistent watering, but a really, really good soilless mix. Well, I use potting soil. Yep, Will that's, that work? Yeah, absolutely. Just watch. Don't use the stuff. Um, this one's called the answer, and there's another one that's really quite a wood base, like real chunky. Just get it like a good soilless mix. Like there's the 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 gold, pure gold, or our spruce it up mix is a great one. Um, just a good soilless light mix. Okay. Alrighty. Yes. And Thank then you. you're, you'll be good. That's kind of cool. Keep us posted on that, Peter. If you don't mind, send some pictures every so often. I appreciate it. You betcha. Thank awesome. You. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye bye. And let's go to Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. Yes, good morning. Hey. Merle, I have mushrooms growing in my backyard. Um, it's in the lawn. Okay. There was a there was a, a birch tree there mm-hmm. uh, about three years ago that's taken down. They tell me it's just the rotting of the roots that's causing the, the mushrooms, but... It is for the most part. There's probably some sort of organic matter, like an old stump, a piece of branch, or something like that, that is that is doing that for sure. What can I use to get rid of them? Um, depends. If there was there a tree removed at one time or something yes. like. Uh, unfortunately, you really need to dig down. If you want to totally get rid of it, you need to dig down and remove that wood, okay. or the organic matter that's rotting underneath okay. there. Because without Getting rid of that, um, it, you you won't ever um, get rid of the issue. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, it was they stump. They used a stump grinder. So yeah, but then there's out, still yeah. yeah, there's still all the yeah. Um, there's still all the what you may call it. Yeah. All the organic matter still around it, all still the roots. There. And yeah. and I and we're and we're trying to explain that more, um, in with our pruned up team as well. Like when people get. A stump removal, you cannot plant a tree in the exact same spot because they're only going down eight to ten inches, right? Uh-huh. And they don't do the full root removal. So I, I'm really trying to, and again, educating our arborists as well. So when we t- let a customer know, one of our clients, that you are getting a stump removal, if you want to plant a tree within the four or five feet of that, you're probably going to need a root removal, like where we have to go in and dig it out. And it's not easy. It's a lot of work, especially if you have an older tree. Yeah. Um, that kind of starts in that $500 range because it's, yeah. it's just physical guys getting in there and having to dig, dig, dig. It gets hard work. So Yeah. Well, I dug them out last year, the, the mushrooms came, yeah. and I, I just took a little shovel and dug them out. And that kind of helped, but then I killed half my grass. So the grass has all come back and so have the mushrooms. Would pure spray green help at all? No, no. no. It's 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 no. just... It's a it, fact it's, of yeah. organic material. Yeah. It's just rotting okay. and yeah. it's yeah. creating its own little ecosystem down there. Yep. Okay, I'll just keep pulling them keep out. Keep digging. Keep digging. <laughs> Thanks a million. All right, Lynn. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Just just keep digging. That's all you can do sometimes, Well, every right? time you cut the grass, you're going to spread the spores. Yeah. So you've got to do that area last. And this is, this is a problem. We just got a picture of some peas. Hi, I'm growing peas for the first time, and it looks like it could be leaf miner at work. I'm getting peas from the plants, though, wondering if I need to do anything with the plants. I would just pull off those the leaves that are fully contaminated with the leaf miner. 
unfortunately, you can't do nothing once the leaf miner's in there like that because you need a systemic and you don't want to use a systemic on your fruit and veggies that you're eating. So I would just pull those really bad leaves off, hey, Kath? Yeah. I know it's a bit of work, but that's really all you can do. And just make sure you keep feeding it so it can combat that. Um, so keep feeding your peas 15, 30, 15, and uh, you'll be good to go. Yeah. Awesome. And we got time for, actually, let's just take a break, and that way we won't be so rushed at the end. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening. That made Matt smile on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Love that song. A little cherry tree action. Nice. Let's go to Doug. Good morning, Doug. Morning. How are how, you? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, I, I picked up a bonsai plant at your place the uh, 1st of August. Okay. And it's bonsai ficus ginseng. Yep. And the leaves are going brown and falling off. And what do I do? Um, yeah, with the bonsai and that, you just got to be careful on those because they are fairly... And what kind of a light source are you putting in? Heavy, like really bright or medium? Oh, it's not, it's not bright at all. It's uh, on a kitchen table and... Okay. The biggest thing is watching that you just, unfortunately with the ficus, sometimes when they change environment, they will drop their leaves, but they just, again, like the consistent watering and a bonsai, you need to take it into the sink when you water it and just make sure you just soak it really well and then let it drain out there and then put it back on the, on the table. Because if you just give it a little bit, sometimes they just don't get enough moisture in there. Well, the lady told me not to water it much to, to keep it extremely dry. Ooh. Yeah, not not so much. I would definitely keep it a, like you just you let it dry in between water, but it it needs to get that good thorough watering, like with the root system. Oh, it does, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and I'll I'll make sure the team knows that was maybe a little bit of ill advice if if that's what was said. They don't like to be run really really dry. Okay, they, they do need to be watered in between or dry in between waterings, but they do need that good, solid, put them in the sink, let them soak them right in, and then get the water all the way down to the root system. And they do need to get fed, and just a regular, like a 20-20-20, something like that, will just keep it fed to it, because there's really no nutrients left in there. Right, she gave me your organic rage plus. Yep, that'll work as well. Perfect. That's 006, yep, right? Yep, that one works just as good. It's great. Okay. Perfect. What about the black spots? Um, on the ficus. That's usually an indication that it is lacking a bit in nutrients, and because you've been keeping it dry, it's because of the dryness. You've okay. got to make sure the ficus really likes to have an even root watered root ball. So the more you soak it in the sink and let the water go through it and run completely out, it would be a lot better for it. And don't leave it standing in water ever. Yeah. Uh, and how often do I do this deep watering? I, once, it depends on if it's really quite warm, like throughout the summer, you can do it once a week. When we get into winter time, you could do it every two weeks. Yeah. Okay. All right? Yeah, thanks. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Right. All right. Let's go to Kim. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. How are you doing? Good, good. How can we help you? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm already planning for next year's garden. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. 
So we're, I'm north of Strathmore, and um, when I bought property, we had a cluster of trees in the front uh, driving area, and there was a, what I would say it was a seed buckthorn because it has those nice long thorny things, and it gets berries on it. Now, when I have gone down to Saskatoon Farm, um, I've noticed a seed buckthorn there, and they're a little different leaf to all these little... Um, siblings that I have growing on miscellaneous parts of the front yard. So obviously Mother Nature or the birds have self-seeded it on its own. Uh, but, and, but they're very invasive. Like the seed buckthorn sends out runner roots like crazy, and okay. they're, they're very invasive. Like runner roots about 20, 25 feet? Yep. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Okay, so my thought is that I want to keep the horses from enjoying my garden, and I haven't put up barbed wire. I've got what, what is called tinsel wire, it's coated wire, so it's animal-friendly. But long story short, I want to enjoy my garden more so than the horses enjoying my garden. So I'm thinking I could put these buckthorns, transplant them to the... Um, horse side, the pasture side, and let them go wild. Not that we, it's a pasture for ponies, right? So yep. it's like a playground. But if I can deter the horses from put it, poking their little heads inside the fence line and into my garden. Yeah, that's that tough good. to do. If it's within reach, they will definitely jump in there. They love something. They're, they're a true advocate of uh, it's grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Well, Horses yeah. could be in a, in a hay field, but if they see something else on the other side of the fence... <laughs> it's a little different, yeah. Absolutely, they're I, all I over it. That. Yeah. But I'm thinking maybe with the thorniness of this buckthorn that it might deter them. It would be almost like a barbed wire fence. Um, I don't think it's going to be enough. Um, okay. To be honest, you could try it, but I, I don't think it's going to be enough to deter them. Okay. Okay. Um, I have another question. What is the difference between a service berry shrub and a sea blackthorn? To me, they look kind of... No, the, the, the service berry is very much, it's a Saskatoon. It's in the same family as the Saskatoon. So it has like a finger-like um, leaf on it? Um, no, more a little bit round globe, maybe a little bit long cap, but... It's more like it's really a Saskatoon tree. It's oh. truly the tree form of the Saskatoon. Yeah. Okay. And they're not super hardy here. I find that's yeah. probably one of my ones that I have the worst uh, luck with. Okay, so this is a silver gray leaf. It's yep. kind of like a, a Russian olive almost. Well, then it, that sounds like the sea buffalo. buckthorn. Yeah. Okay. Or the buffalo okay. berry. Yeah. Buffalo berry, maybe. Buffalo berry, yeah, but I know that they have more like a... a, a Does it no. produce fruit? It produces like a an apricot. It's not a true yellow and it's not a true orange, so I would classified more apricot and it's about a quarter inch right now. Okay, now does it, when it flowers, is it smelly? Like have a strong smell to it? Oh, you're asking me how how many months ago? <laughs> yeah. No, I can't recall. So if it's stinky? Well, yeah, they're very, fra well, some people consider it a lovely fragrance. It is, okay. it might be a wolf willow. Yeah. But, uh, you know, which they too are one of those ones. I will tell you that it does produce a small fruit, but my dog eats it. 
So it's okay. not poisonous, and they are they make a good barrier shrub, that's for sure, and they do run on underground runners as well. Okay, and 20 feet might yeah. be the same thing. Yes. Okay, well, you know, living out in the country, you have all sorts of things growing. Well, exactly, know. and sometimes they were planted years and years ago before, and they've exactly. just thrived in the environment. Exactly. So. Okay, can I ask one more question? Uh, one quick one. Okay, about the Saskatoon cherry trees, like the yeah. R- Romeo, Juliet, blah, 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 Cupid. Um, can you prune them to go more shrub-like rather than tree-like? Yeah, absolutely. You can just trim them back and uh, and keep them shorter if you like. Okay, thank you very much. All right, thank you, you so much. Have an awesome day. Thanks, yeah. Kim. Bye-bye. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. We're going to go down to Nancy. Good morning, Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Nancy. She had uh, growing mold on her fern. fern. Good morning, Nancy. All right. I think she's not there. We're going to let her go. And uh, if she calls back... Let's go to Maggie. Come on, Maggie. Hi, hi uh, Merle. Um, since you don't have the poison for chickweed and thistle. Yes, um, I know. They took it off the, the market, and I know, and they that was, came to surprises to me as well. Like they uh, they decided to remove that from the thistle, chickweed, and thistle, or chickweed, thistle, thistle and clover. Yeah. Um, you can just use this, the 2,4-D, the Killex will look after it as well. Okay, 2,4-D, all right. Yeah, yeah, the Kill-X. It might just need a little bit more, but for the most part, that'll work really well. Yeah, so I have a neighbor who's um, trailer trash there, and <laughs> I dug out thistle just uh, a week ago, four of them. Now yeah. I have 16. Like, they grow under the fence yeah. just like pipelines. Yeah, no, the best thing, too, is try and get them at the when they're in the blooming stage. And uh, that's when it looks after them the best. And oh. uh, and this, so if they, when you see them creeping under, just give them a shot, give them a spot weed when they're small, and then they'll get looked after really quickly. And make sure that when you do sp- apply it while they're in flower, take that flower head right away because what will happen is that the 2,4-D will cause them to go into a growth spurt and they'll go into seed really quickly to survive. So just keep taking the flowers and as soon as you put on the 2,4-D. Oh, well, I was back there because I thought the place was abandoned. And I chopped, it took me an hour to chop all the blooms off of all Good. their weeds. Excellent. Like down. Yeah, excellent. But the thing is, I'm still getting the the growth under the fence onto my property. Yeah, no, yeah. it takes a bit to get under control. And unfortunately, you're getting all the work. Um, so... Um, that's all we can really say is to help you out is, is just give it a really good spray, but, and, but let it totally die before you cut it down. Like let it go crispy brown before you chop it away. Okay. And, uh, I have a Valentine cherry tree. It's 10 years old. It's yep. pushing up shoots from the trunk and I chopped some out last year and they're all back. Yeah. Unfortunately, one sometimes once they start suckering and if it's right at the root, it could have been planted maybe a little bit too deep. And uh, and that's typically when you get the the suckers coming from the from the middle. Oh, uh, yeah. Hmm. All right. So should I, should I let it turn into an orchard or not? No, I, I would keep, 
if the upper part is healthy, it, and once you keep doing it, it won't they won't come off as often because you'll oh. kind of create a callus for it. I mean, oh. you might want to pull if you can pull back a bit of the soil around yeah. it, and then that will help as well. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And now we're going to go to Jane. Good morning, Jane. Hi. Two questions, please. Yep. Um, One, and they're quick. One is uh, we have a big creeping charlotte that we bought in a planted pot from you. Yeah. And love it. So I would like to bring that in and have them in my home um, and just how to do that. And then the second one is just uh, with the green it up, what is the schedule to use for the grass? We used it. This spring and it's just looking really nice. Yep, typically you do it in the in the summer or in this early like in spring, like May, and then you want to do full application then, and then you do it about mid July, sort of take one third off, and then close to the end of August or something like that, you give it the third application, which is a third again less. Um, okay, those three the, applications a year should be great. And there is just the one green it up that we bought yes up there, right there's yep. not a fall one okay no, great. Uh, it was just a different application rates so okay so a little bit less in the fall then yeah it's one third you cut it by a third in this and the and the directions are on the bag but if you t- cut it by a third in the summer application then okay. cut it by a third again in the fall so it's uh, a very it's a smaller application in the fall Oh, so I could have just read this on the bag yeah well that's okay <laughs> oh, it's always nice that you phone us that's all good all right, and then the creeping Charlie, please. That's a beautiful potted plant, and I'd like to have that in there. Yes, uh, the only thing you got to be careful bringing anything in. Um, just really check it for bugs. Give it a good hose down before you bring it in. And I always like to transplant it before I move something into the house. And any other suggestions, Kath, bring, bring this creeping Charlie into the house? Well, I like to make sure they're washed off really well, yep. and sometimes it's a good idea to clean the soil by changing it. And I do that quite regularly with stuff I bring in. Okay. All right. Yeah, it should do fine in the house, though, right? Oh, yes. But just make sure you're not watering it as often. The sun starts to go south now, so we're not getting as long days. And there's not as good air circulation as there is outside. So make sure that you keep an eye on the air. Small little fan and putting it in a sunny window is the best thing. Okay. Thank you, too. Awesome. Thanks, Shane. Bye-bye. 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 All right. Well, that's it for us. Thanks, Kath, for joining me. Thank you. And uh, until next week, we'll be here and uh, enjoy your garden and get some sun out there, get some vitamin D. Thanks for listening to us on 770 CHQR.